Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. One more segment here on Inside Black and Gold. And I, I wanted to dive into some hot takes. Get out of here. I put a post on WWL.com. Five things I think I think after the first week of Saints camp. And the first take is that it's it's hot. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's very hot. It's hot to the point that I think we're dying. I think like four fans had to be treated for heat exhaustion symptoms after a practice last week. And, you know, uh, it's the, the Saints made the right call in adjusting yeah. because it's a safety issue. Right? Like, and I, I understand Saints fans want to be out there. They're dedicated and they will be out there. But I think that's a smart move for uh, for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, now uh, any guy, you folks have tickets out there. 9.15, the gates are going to open. And from 10 to 11 o'clock is going to be the outside viewing portion. Uh, that's just, I mean, you you know, when you're out there for that extended period, it just it drains so much out of you. We're not even in full pads, you know, and doing any real activity. I can only imagine what it's like for these players. And I'm really, I guess, Surprised there hasn't been more guys that have had any any um, kind of heat fatigue or needing kind of help, but the team really uh, has over the past couple of days realized that with these ridiculous temperatures, you you can't get work done outside. It's it's better to bring it inside and have that energy and let them take it out there. Yeah, and I mean I feel bad for anyone who's driving like two hours to get to practice only for like right. you know, an hour, but I think you get. I mean I think you get kind of get the picture in an hour. I don't know if you're. You're losing that much in terms of what you get to see. And it's got to be miserable. I, I've never sat there as a fan to watch that practice, but I can't imagine. I mean, after a while, it's got to be like, oh, man, I'm dying. They, they uh, do have those misters and the fans going, do. so that's a huge help. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's I can't imagine that it's you're completely feel like you're in the ice tank that the Saints have over there. They can only do so much, especially if people are out there drinking. There's just no way. Um but yeah, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. Give us a rating. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you think. Um, but so let's get into some takes. You know, we, we got into a couple of them that I have on this list here. Uh, obviously, the offensive line. I think James Hurst is going to start at left tackle. The heat, you know, I don't even know if that's a take so much as just that's reality. The big <laughs> one for me and the one I got into kind of some arguments with people on Twitter yesterday is what I am terming as the Traquan Smith conundrum, which is every year, at least the last couple of years, I have gone into training camp thinking, you know what? This might be the year that I quit on Traquan Smith. This might be the time. Maybe this is the year that these depth-wide receivers are going to show up and just make it impossible to say Traquan does too much to, to keep him around. And I just can't. I can't do it because every year I come in here 
And Traquan impresses me. And I get it. People get frustrated because he's not an, a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, but he's also had a decent share of like big games. Like I feel like that's I keep having people say Traquan Smith has never done anything. Well, there that's are only two accurate. wide receivers on the Saints that have a ten catch game in their career. Actually, that's not true. Jimmy Graham must have a ten catch game in his career, so I'll probably say three. But Traquan Smith is one of them. The other one's Michael Thomas, who's had about thirty of them. Uh, but. Like Traquan has had multiple hundred yard receiving games. He's had multi, he's had multiple two touchdown games. He's had a two touchdown playoff game. He had a hundred yard game last season in week three, right? So like he's done. He has some as Bobby Airbear would put it, skins on the wall, right? Like so you've seen him as a receiver. And when you hear the head coach say this guy's underrated as a wide receiver, I think that's pretty telling. And you know when I'm trying to do my roster projection, I'm not telling you who necessarily I think should make the roster. I'm telling you who I think the saints are going to keep. I am predicting. I am not analyzing per se. So you could disagree with it, but I'm telling you, (laughs) Terry Smith's making this roster, whether you like it or not, because you look at the other options at wide receiver four, five, you can look at all these guys and say, okay, who's, who's making it. And, Every time I look at it, like Traquan is performing well in practice, and you know what he does. Like you, like we all make a joke. Oh, he's a great blocker, and and like that shouldn't be the reason you make the team. But at the same time, yes, it should be because that's what you need out of these depth guys. And every year you look at it, and Traquan is that guy, and he also knows the offense as well as anybody. He knows it better than his own quarterback now. I I just don't see a way he misses this roster without getting hurt, which that's always a thing. Like Traquan, to me, that's the biggest gripe with Traquan is he's never healthy. There's been times, obviously, even healthy when he has disappeared in this offense. But right now, I agree totally he's making this team because you look at it, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, boom. After that, who? It's Traquan. Traquan is your number four. Right, and, and it's like, who are you signing off the street? Nobody. Who who are these young players has really stood out? Nobody. I mean, A.T. Perry, to me, to this point, has not looked like an NFL wide receiver. He's Definitely young. Been a lot of struggles he's, there. He's got time, but you're trying to find excuses to keep him on the roster because he's a draft pick, and you don't want to quit in a draft pick. But nothing I have seen from him has been even like, okay, he with some refinement. You can get there. I mean, he was just slipping on routes yesterday. I mean, there was three three times that there were targets that missed because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Like he just did not run the route to the location. And it's I I, I mean, I'm not quitting on him. I think he's a practice squad guy. Like I think you right. stash him on the practice squad because but that's even where like he you said, is. Because, even like like you said though, because of those struggles, even the practice squad. I'm like, I don't I don't even know anymore if he's kind of worth it. But yeah, it's like I'm not re- right now. It's way too early to give up kind of deal. I mean, I think he goes to the practice squad because you feel comfortable that no one's going to claim him, right? And I'm okay with it. And I don't mind keeping him around. I guess he he can give him some time to develop and he can get better. But I'm not – you only have 53 roster spots, right? You need contributions out of those players. And, yes, you can have some guys and say, well, they'll be inactive. But you get guys hurt throughout the season, and all of a sudden you need those guys – and would you trust A.T. Perry in a game in real situations right now? Absolutely not. And so, you know, he has time. He has three preseason games where he can kind of maybe get up to speed and look better. But right now, when I'm looking at this equation, you're saying, what, is it going to be Shaq Davis? What, 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 what's it going to be? 
who's going to be that fourth wide receiver? It's going to be Washington, Brian Edwards. It's like no, nobody's standing out. <laughs> okay, Brian Edwards. We can get into this real quick. Brian Edwards, and I and I don't I don't want to hate on Brian. He doesn't know his coach's name. What is that? He just, and this was a public press conference. This wasn't a conversation over on the yeah, wall. Everyone like you, you was stunned, that, for sure. You can go on the Saints YouTube page and watch that interview with Brian Edwards, and he will be asked about Cody Burns. What do you think about Cody Burns? He does not know who that is. He's a good he player. He thought he was a player. And like, yeah, that's maybe, okay, fine. Maybe he was just confused. Maybe he was just, but I mean, he has been here through OTAs, through minicamp, a whole week of practice. Who does he think he's working with? <laughs> that's just not a good sign to me and he's dropped everything i mean he just has not looked good and like i wanted to be a brian edwards fan like i wanted to find reasons to like him on this roster i i don't see it right the the guy the one guy i've seen go out there and look better than i expected as a wide receiver is lynn bowden jr and that's not i mean i i take i'm not saying the top three the top three are etched in stone right yeah I know um but in terms of everyone beyond that the two wide receivers that I have seen that looked like NFL-ready players, Traquan Smith, Lynn Bowden Jr. You could bring in guys, veterans, fine. Those are the only two that I look at and be like, okay, I think those guys can make it. And then James Washington, sure, he could he could make it too. Maybe you swap out, you know, maybe Lynn is the wide receiver six. If you keep six and you use him as a special teamer and backup returner or whatever, and James Washington is there as well. I don't see a way that you that you put those guys ahead of Traquan. And I had some people like, well, why don't you just give the young guys a chance? I'm like, yeah, I'll give young guys a chance, but they have to earn that chance. No, with with Traquan, it's like if you say what you want about him, but right now the depth at wide receiver behind the other guys in the it's mix, behind great. the top, behind the top three, there's nobody beating them out. And it, and it's not great. You know, I, I think there's a chance this season goes awry. If you end up with a slew of injuries at wide receiver and you end up with Traquan and and whoever the wide receiver five is on the field a lot, because I don't think you run that Keith deep. Kirkwood. You know, Keith Kirkwood. I forgot about Keith. You know, that's I, your homeboy. Yes, I knew I was forgetting one. And you know, you know, Keith actually has looked solid. Keith is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he gets kept around. And I, it's going to annoy the heck out of people when the Saints keep Traquan Smith can keep Kirkwood. Right. <laughs> but they trust those guys, right? Like there's a reason they keep bringing them back. And you're not just going to keep a rookie around just because he's a rookie. You're not. You know, you know? I, I, we kind of go back and forth about maybe like a player right now who we haven't taken many notes on. Uh, is you know rookie Isaiah Foskey mm-hmm. still waiting? There's plenty of time though for him to to really show up, kind of deal. But uh, on the wide receiver core, I, I don't know if I've written down Kawan Baker's name at all. Another guy I forgot about. No, I don't. I don't see anything from him. Uh, and uh, I mean, he, he was a guy that was suspended uh, due to performance enhancing substances, and really just hasn't come back and shown anything this season. No, no, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, I, again, it's just. You, everything yo yo you keep coming back to Traquan, uh, and it annoys the heck out of people. I know Jerry Poor is gonna is gonna yell at me because he hates Traquan, and and I also don't understand the hate for Traquan. Like, I think maybe the expectations for him were too high because he got drafted in the third round, and, right? Uh, and the injuries. Yeah, I mean, um, all he's done is 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 just be a guy. 
And if he was the wide receiver three or two, I would be like, man, they got to do better than that. Wide receiver four, five. I mean, go around the NFL and look at some depth charts and compare their fourth best wide receiver with Traquan Smith and see how you feel about it. Because I think that you will come out favorably on the side of Trey. I will say the the depth that's been built up at tight end has me feeling a lot better at as Traquan as a four receiver. I mean, that's not so bad when you look at all the the names now on this tight end group. Hopefully, Jimmy Graham's able to stick around, you know, a, along with what Juwan Johnson, uh, Foster Murrow, and I'm, I'm still not putting Taysom Hill in that tight end group. So I'll just say Jimmy, yeah. Foster, and Juwan. I, I like that three uh, at, at tight end. Maybe not the best blockers in the world. I think Foster is serviceable. But, yeah, you got to worry about uh, Jimmy and Juwan in that category. Yeah, and, and I think I think one way that you're going to make life a lot easier on this offense, especially early in the season, assuming you don't have Alvin, is my, my last take, which kind of feeds off yours, is – this should be a run-first football team. And you have all the pieces to make it a run-first football team. And I think there's a scenario where the Saints end up, and, and we talked about this on Sports Talk, and I revised this take a little bit, in that I think this Saints team could potentially be one of the top rushing football teams in the NFL. And my initial take was that they would be the top rushing team in the NFL. But I do think that's going to be almost impossible when you compare them to a team with a Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, the top two rushing teams in the NFL, for good reason, they have rushing quarterbacks. So you add 1,000 yards to whatever your rushing total is with your running backs, and it's going to be pretty hard to match for a team that doesn't have a running quarterback. So I would revise that to say they will be the – I think they have a chance to be the top rushing team among the teams that is not getting an infusion of an extra 1,000 yards from the quarterback position. And that obviously they have Taysom Hill, but I still consider him more of a running back. But when you look at a team with a left tackle with pass protection questions, you look at a team with a new quarterback, you look at a team that has Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, Taysom Hill, and then Alvin Kamara shot out of a cannon whenever he does return. I think that you can do some work with that. And and I know people will say, oh, it's a pass first league, and it is. I get that. But I also think everything is cyclical in the NFL to an extent. And what's happened in the last eight to 10 years in the NFL is teams have adapted to the pass-first nature of the NFL, and they have taken their big linebackers off the field. We talk about your strong side linebacker basically doesn't exist anymore. Barely ever on the field, unless you're talking about heavy personnel where it's a clear rundown and you're just trying to stop them. And what that's been replaced with is an extra defensive back, and it's a nickel, and everyone plays everything out of the nickel or the dime. And then you look at the linebackers, and even your big linebackers are small guys now. Like, look at Pete Werner and tell me that's a linebacker in the NFL. Go back a decade, and you're talking about standing him next to his safety and saying, what position do these guys play? And you're like, I don't know. Uh, Because that's – like, linebackers are smaller. And so I think that's going to – you're at a point now where a true power run team has an advantage because – Defenses aren't built to hold up against these big power run teams with strong backs who are going to try to plow it down your throat. And I think this is a year the Saints can and should take advantage of that and make that a a huge part of their offense and make this a run-first football team, which is going to force defenses to adjust. I know this is a long rant, but stick with me. It's going to force defenses to adjust 
and bring more guys downhill, maybe put that extra linebacker on the field. And then the second you get that look, it opens up over the top and you can hit Rashid Shaheed, Chris Olave on these deep balls and you can get more single coverage of Mike Thomas. And I think if you try to turn this team into a pass first team, knowing what we know and knowing the offensive line questions and knowing what you have at running back, it's going to be a mistake and you're going to struggle and you're going to put yourself in situations where you're constantly trying to play uphill. And so I think for this team to be successful and to make the playoffs and have a 10 plus win season, 11, 12 wins, maybe you will dedicate yourself to the run game. And that's my take is what this team should do. And we saw it on Wednesday. They got heavy into the run game on Wednesday. And I think that they're going to do that a lot more as camp progresses if they are smart. And I hope they are. Yeah, and it's definitely, I think, exciting for what the running back room has. You got that three-headed monster. Obviously, the we'll see what happens with Alvin, but when whenever they are in full force, that's going to be a, quite a group there. You put in Taysom Hill. I put him more in the running back room than I put him in the tight end group, uh, considering you know what what he does. Uh, but it was good to it has been good to see. I'll say him being a little more active in the receiving aspect of training camp. And I know that's something they brought up before uh, camp got underway that Taysom was focusing on. For me, my biggest takeaway so far, I think, Jeff, is the fact that I had written off Peyton Turner, basically. I I was like, you know what? You're a first-round pick that's a healthy scratch. I I I really have no uh, faith that you'll be able to turn things around. And the fact that I'm I'm seeing more of that glimpse that I wanted to this training camp, Uh, so far so good with his uh, pass rushing and run stuffing uh, that's been going on. Can't wait to see it translate into a game. Hopefully uh, come preseason action number one next week against the Chiefs. Uh, we get some heavy heavy Peyton Turner action, and I uh, just want to see him taking out some of his frustrations on another, another squad. I know it's, it's a lot different, but right now the baby steps in progress, I'll say this training camp, have definitely been a positive for him. I think you're, you're spot on. I am a lot less concerned <laughs> about the defensive line, at least on the ends, than I was a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I could be a mirage. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see until we get into games and we see that hold up. But Peyton Turner hasn't missed a practice. He's been healthy. Um, he's been in the backfield constantly. He's been, he's been, mo- he's, he's been a constant presence. Like, I've been writing his name down exactly. constantly. And yeah, that's that's a that's a positive thing for the Saints team. And that's another thing. Like you go back to the running the run game thing, and I think part of that is you trust your defense, right? Like if you control the time of possession and you keep your defense rested and you allow them to kind of tee off, that's what I want. I want this team to win in complementary ways. Because yes. last year they didn't. Last year just nothing worked right. It was just off key. And every time something felt like it was working, something would break on the other end. And and it was very frustrating. And I think that you go through all the tape last season, you do all the self-scouting, and you look at the things you did wrong, and you see so many correctable issues. And then you you and you that's why you feel confident if you're this team and you're going in, and you're saying, No, we're gonna fix that stuff. We're gonna force turnovers, we're gonna create pressure, we're gonna play better contain on these mobile quarterbacks, we're gonna control the time of possession, we're not gonna fumble in these crazy situations. Um, and we're going to win football games and we're going to look good doing it. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, this is the time of year where everyone's optimistic. I'm going to, I'm sure we're going to, we're going to do a around the NFC South segment tomorrow on sports talk. And I'm sure we're going to hear from all these beat writers saying that the NFC South is theirs to win. And this is why it's going to happen. 
no one's going to say, man, we suck and we shouldn't even be a part of this conversation. Wait, have you seen Baker throwing the ball? We're done. (laughs) I can't wait to hear the glowing Baker reviews. I guarantee it. We're going to get them. And it's like weird. Uh, I could have sworn he was terrible. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have Bobby with us too, so he'll be there to smack that down real quick. Yeah, right. I'm too nice to those people. Uh, Me too. Bobby. I was like, oh, I wasn't going to tear into any of the beat reporters saying, you know, oh, you know, Carolina thinks they can win the division, kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, thanks for your time, kind of thing. <laughs> Instead of you know berating them and making them look like fools. Well, Bobby yesterday, for example, Bobby yesterday, he has no qualms about about saying anything to anybody at any point. Cause we were talking about like off the side, I was like, man, Derek, he had a rough day today. You know, he kind of, he kind of struggled, Derek you know, too, right. Well, right. And then, and then Bobby's like, maybe I'll ask him about that. And I was like, what? You're going <laughs> to just tell him he was terrible. And, and he goes up to, to Derek, the first question of the press conference. And he was like, Derek, you, you had a bad day, right? Yeah, it was bad. It was like the worst one you had. Uh, what, what, I mean, what happened? And Derek, you could tell he was caught off guard. <laughs> she was like, what? Which, uh, but he did give a good answer, which is like, you know, the offense shouldn't win every day. The ebb and flow, right? The defense should get you every now and then because you need your defense to win <laughs> in situations, right? I'm sure Derek had a lot of great days against the Raiders defense. That doesn't mean the offense was particularly special. It just means the defense you're going after isn't good enough to stop you. And so uh anyway yeah bobby bobby has no qualms about about i I would have never asked that question which i think says a lot about me as a reporter but maybe we'll just call it lighting up the nfc south tomorrow yeah that's true that's true i'll call i'll I'll say i have a filter left and bobby's has some holes in it well that's the that's the best a bear's always unfiltered he just says what he thinks (laughs) if there's a filter it's just been cut out it's just now a frame where the filter used to be and everything just flows directly through it. <laughs> but hey, you get some really, uh, really interesting sound bites that way. So I'm not complaining about it. <laughs> no, he's definitely a sound bite machine. Gold. I call a bears gold for that. Yes. Yes. But all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Thanks for everyone for taking this ride. We've come a long way. We back out of practice on Friday. Fans are back for an hour and then they leave again. Not padded, so we're going to take a day off from pads, and we're going to get back in the pads next week. We are barely a week away from the first preseason game, which is stunning to me. I don't even know what to think about it, but we'll have plenty of podcasts between now and then. Uh, so, Steve, are you are you excited for your first pregame show as the sports director? I'm excited for this season in general. Yeah, I, we were going through. We had a, a, a spe- special you know, meeting in the – with the big boss and some of the uh, other players that work in, with Saints Radio talking about, you know, getting liners ready and everything. And just hearing some of the intros, even from last season, you know, and you, you start hearing who that, you know, the, the, the songs kicking in and everything. And I'm like, I, I know it's so ridiculous. And I get excited for the season. I'm like, yes, game day is coming. Uh, even I'll even be excited for a couple minutes, at least for that Kansas City Chiefs matchup. But you know, from our vantage point, it's a lot different than I think other folks because we're co- covering the team so closely in training camp. We've been talking about who's going to make this roster, and now we get like this really live situation of guys trying to translate it to the field who are trying to make the team. We know we know basically the the main players who who are going to be on the squad, but there's still plenty of spots that need to be filled out. Yeah, there's like 20 guys competing for like two roster spots. Yeah. And so 
you know, a guy makes an interception in that in that sequence, and you're just like, God, oh, that's a massive moment. Troy Pride makes a big play, and it's like, okay. Anthony Johnson, who we didn't talk about, but I think, you know, we didn't really get into dark horses like we like we promised. But I, I will say that I was, <laughs> you know, if, I, I got mad yesterday because I was getting ready to write about Anthony Johnson in my notes, and I talked about Anthony Johnson in uh, in the our the UDFA show that I did prior to training camp, and he was my. I did a UDFA's to watch, and he was the first guy on my list. Uh, Ninety seconds into the segment, I was like, "Anthony Johnson, you should keep an eye on him." And uh, I was like, just about getting ready to like, like, <laughs> say, "Oh man, Anthony Johnson looks great." And then I see a tweet pop up from Nick. My sleeper pick is Anthony <laughs> Johnson. I'm like you, son of a bitch. <laughs> you, I guess if uh, I, if I, I he's right, pick, I think it's a good sleeper pick. If I have to pick right now, I'm gonna. I, I, I got a little bit easier since I know about the injury. Obviously, with Andrew Dowell just happening. And I'm going to kind of lean towards Ryan Connolly, the guy out of Wisconsin. He's been around the league, I think, since 2018, 2019, uh, but has flashed at times during camp. And I just think could be someone for special teams and who knows, maybe that rotational piece on linebacker. I was going to say Chase Hansen because they'll probably actually have to wake him up. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> on an injured list somewhere. We're just waiting for the call. <laughs> um, literal sleeper pick. But no, I, I I think that's a good, you know, linebacker is a good place to look for a sleeper. Yeah. And I'd probably go with Nephi Sewell if I was trying to pick one. Because, you know, he's a special teams guy. He can do a lot of the same things as Andrew. But yeah, no, that's that's a good, I think Ryan Connolly's interesting. And he's made a few plays. We've seen him flashing around. Someone's got to do it. Preseason, that's where these guys get that, the real big audition comes. Preseason, baby. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this episode up. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. This is Inside Black and Gold. Who at? Go Saints. Keep it real. Peace out. Hydrate and who that indeed. <laughs>